welcome to Irrepressible. I am Erica Ashley. You guys, it's mid-November. How the heck did we get to mid-November? I feel like I blinked and now we're here. And I don't know how because I've been at home 100% of this year. And so I'm like, what have I, how did it go by so fast? I have no idea. But here we are. We're all doing it. We're here. Um, today on the show, I had Emma Louise. You guys, I love stories about people who have overcome so much and then used that to fuel their purpose in life. And Emma is a really good example of that. She dealt with severe depression. She gets really candid about her journey with that, what she's done to help her heal and cope and all the things. Her journey, I think, is pretty unique in the way that she has approached healing. And so I find that to be very interesting and very inspiring. And um, it's just a good reminder that not everything works for everyone. And, you know, nothing in life is one size fits all. So I found it to be a really good reminder of like, if something's not working for you, try something else. Just because it works for someone else doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. Um, but like I said, she used her depression to fuel essentially and ignite what she's doing in life now. She essentially life coaches, heals, helps, guides others who are in the same space that she went through or just needing help or feeling lost in life. And I mean, I think that's incredible. I think it's so inspiring. She gets very vulnerable and honest in this episode. She doesn't hold anything back in her experience with depression. And so I hope if nothing else, you leave this episode feeling inspired and, um, I don't know. I, I just think that the courage that she has and shows is just incredible. And so I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. So here is Emma. Okay. So for anyone who might not know you or like your journey, do you want to give a little kind of like behind the scenes of? Totally. Yeah. So I grew up as a dancer and that was my entire life. I then moved out of high school. I went to New York City and I was very just like dance. That's all I am. My whole entire identity was placed in dance. I didn't really know who I was outside of it. And then when I got there, I just completely lost my passion for it. And I got into kind of an eating disorder, body dysmorphia. And then afterwards, I was there for about two semesters and then I dropped out. And then I moved to LA with my best friend that I met there. And then when I went to LA, I thought all of my problems would go away and that everything would just completely come together. And then I lost my passion again for dance. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was 19 and that was my first time moving to LA. And then I lost my passion again. And then it kind of led me into a depression. I just did not know who I was. My identity was completely gone. And then around that time, I started kind of dabbling into intuition classes. So I was trying to figure out what exactly I was supposed to be doing next. And then I opened up some gifts that I didn't know I had, which kind of freaked me out. 
I honestly like didn't know what it was. I grew up not super religious, but not spiritual either. So I kind of shut it down again, but because I opened it up, it kind of made my symptoms worse. And so when my anxiety came back, my depression got worse, but I still pushed away everything else for a while until about a year ago. And then I started doing healing sessions on my own and creative work. But before all that, I moved back and forth between New York City and LA three different times. So I moved like six times and I was just all over the place for a while. (laughs) Um, Do you think that because you had like wrapped yourself so much in this identity of being a dancer and then when you were like I actually don't think maybe this is for me that's what what caused the panic yeah I didn't really see myself in any other way I was like kind of shy and I think the only way I could express myself was through dance so without it I just I had no idea who I was Yeah. I had a similar experience. I grew up dancing as well. And I remember my parents would always be like, oh, this is our dancer. This is our dancer. And one day I was just like, I'm more than a dancer. (laughs) But that's like what you've always been. And I don't know, it just like triggered something. So I think I understand that mentality for sure. It's it's a whole other world. It is. It's weird to explain. Like unless you're in it, it's just dance. Everyone just introduces themselves as a dancer. Yeah. Not like anything else, not really your name, your personality, just dancer. Yeah. So without I, it, I was like, who, like, who am I? Yeah. And I started dancing when I was five. So that was like the majority of my life. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's when you started. Yeah, dancing. I started when I was three. Okay. So yeah, it's this, it's like, yeah, I have been this for my Entire whole life, life. But like maybe yeah. I want to be something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then you were back in LA at this point. Yeah. And dabbing into these like new areas to like, and that, and you got into that to help with your depression? No. So I actually, I found it very randomly. I went with a friend, she was getting her hair done and her hairstylist was um, an intuitive healer and she invited us to the classes. So I wasn't even seeking it at all. Interesting. And then when I got into the class, I was like, what is this? Like, I honestly thought it was like some like witchcrafting and I was really freaked out. But you stayed. I did. What made you stay? I I felt this pull. I didn't, I could not explain it. I just kept on showing up until honestly, probably for about four months, I went consistently and then I just completely left it after a while because I became very reliant on it. I would just wait to almost seek all the answers through someone else instead of myself. So it kind of became dangerous mm-hmm. for me. How did you get yourself out of that? I It took a, a while, honestly. I moved back and forth and I kind of shut down even more. And I almost felt like someone took over me. Like in my depression, I just, I didn't know who I was. I couldn't find any help outside of myself. And it took going through a really toxic relationship to get out of it. Mm. And then I was able to finally go over the layers and find myself. And then I was able to do intuition classes again. So it took this whole layer to get out of me to then be able to really receive it. For your depression, like, 
you said you feel like you didn't know who you were. What other symptoms like were you having and experiencing? Yeah. Um, so I didn't know who I was, but that's just like a very like basic level. But I, from the outside, I remember I was posting a lot on Instagram, just trying to make myself feel better. And I would constantly get like, I wish I had your life or you look so happy. I used to get those comments all the time. And I honestly just felt like a fraud. I was like, oh my God, one day a week I take these pictures and the rest of them, I'm literally in my bathroom crying. I was hurting myself. I like couldn't look at myself at all. And it was really hard. Honestly, there was many nights where I would just get really drunk or I would drive and just want to flip the car. I would scream. It took, I honestly, I don't even know how to explain it besides the fact that like, I felt like someone just randomly one day took over me and I couldn't get out of it. I never, I definitely thought about like ending my life, but always I kept hearing, keep going. Like just like with my intuition classes, like it freaked me out, but I kept going. I felt that present, like that presence to keep on going, even when I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Were you open about that with like your family? No. Okay. I was not open about it at all. I, um, I stopped calling them a lot. I really, I shut a lot of people out and I was pretty good at hiding it online, but anywhere I would go in public, people would ask me if I was okay um, all the time. My best friend contacted my mom because she actually saw a cut on my wrist Mm. and was like, she knew like I was not well. So my mom knew that and obviously we tried her best, but she only could do so much from so far away. And then she kind of convinced me to move back home. So I was in LA for like a year and a half. And then I went back home and then I moved back to New York city even though I really didn't do enough like work at all to move again. But it's, it's hard to, if your family isn't, they don't really know what to say or do. There's really, there wasn't a huge history. And I feel like it's not really talked about enough. It makes people kind of feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. At least that was my experience with it. Or they just didn't know what to say. Did you, wish that people would talk to you about it? Sort of. I just felt like, um, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like sometimes it was too much. Then other times I was like, I just wish that someone understood because I felt like it was just me and my like circle Mm -hmm. that was like that. So I just kind of felt like I was like dragging everyone down. Mm. But family-wise, it kind of just felt like there was definitely a pressure just to be happy. There wasn't ever, like, how can we help you more? There was just, like, how are you doing and how much money are you making? There wasn't kind of that just take your time to heal. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, you've graduated or I didn't graduate because I dropped out. But there was just that timeline that I just didn't have. And I was the first one in my family not to go the normal college route. So that was a lot for them to even accept there. So then to leave and then not be happy, they kind of wanted me to just come back home and go to college. They didn't want me to like heal and then go back. 
obviously they wanted me to heal, but they wanted me to go the other route. Do you think they didn't maybe take it as seriously as it actually was? I feel like they took it seriously, but they didn't, they just, honestly, they didn't know how to handle it. Mm. They cared a lot. Like they definitely cared a lot. They just didn't really know the extent of it. And I also wasn't as open either as I could have been. Mm -hmm. I definitely kept a lot of it in. I think that happens though. Like I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life. And a lot of the time I would, I just wouldn't tell anybody about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know also like how to express what I was feeling. Or if I did, the response was like, oh, we'll just change your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's not like, that's not helpful, you know? And so I feel like there's got to be a better way to educate people on things like depression. I feel like there needs to be an understanding that like, you don't, there is no certain route. There is no certain way to feel and everyone's life is different. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I've learned healing is that there is no one right way and there's no Mm -hmm. such thing as failure. Like I felt like that was the big thing. I felt like I failed because I lost my passion. So I just didn't know like how to navigate that failure, especially Mm -hmm. in high school when you're just like going after that one thing. And then once you get there and then it doesn't work, it's like, what do you do next? And like, how do you even go about that? Hmm. Do you think it's also like the stigma, I guess, of admitting that you're going through yeah. it? Yeah. Everyone, at least on social media, there's this look like you want to look perfect and you want to look like, oh my God, yeah, like I moved here and I am killing it and I'm succeeding and I'm really happy. And I tried so hard to keep that up and it's just not healthy. I definitely, and placing your happiness in something else. That was one thing that I did. Every move and every job that I had, I always would say, I'll be happy when I have this or when I live in this place. And then I would move there, but my energy was always following me. I was always there and I wasn't doing any of the inner work. Mm -hmm. So that that self-love wasn't there at all. Like when I was dancing, even though I lost my passion for it, I did have a hard time just completely letting it go. And so I continued to do some jobs and I booked like jobs that were my dream. So I was doing it, but it didn't even feel good because I had zero self-love. I wasn't happy at all. Like I was depressed living my dream in my dream city, the dream job, but nothing felt good. But you would never Mm -hmm. know on my Instagram. (laughs) at all yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be happy and successful but I think when it comes from a place of like I have to prove to people that I'm happy and successful Mm -hmm. that's when like I think we fall into the trap of like I'm actually not fulfilled right now because I'm not doing this for myself I'm doing this to show everyone else look what I've accomplished as long as that's the one thing that I would tell anybody, find happiness within before anything, whether that's like self-love, like loving where you are, being present and just knowing that you don't have to prove anything to anyone ever. 
Like as long as you are, ha it doesn't matter what money you have, where you are, what job you're doing, anything. Like as long as you can wake up and be happy anywhere, like that's all you have to prove to yourself. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Did the intuition conflict with the religion that you grew up with? Sort of. I mean, to me now, no, it doesn't. Because I just look at everything as my higher power. But with my family and them, it definitely conflicted. Mm -hmm. They almost looked at it as like the devil or like someone else other than God telling me what to do. So that definitely made me a little like eerie of it for a mm -hmm. while until I was able to like fully accept myself and go through my inner work to then realize, okay, no, that's not exactly what it is at all. Mm -hmm. So if somebody else was like experiencing these things and felt the same way, what would you tell them? to like help get out of it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's not easy to hear, but realizing that you're going through it to learn something deeper. Like there is a reason for the season that you're in and the emotions that you're feeling and that you're not alone and that it's okay. Like you don't have to be happy every single day. And if you're crying, you don't have to feel like a burden you're not hurting anybody. You're not taking up too much space. And I honestly would say just to let all of the emotion out if you can. If there's no emotion, then definitely seek help and don't worry that you're being annoying. That was one thing I always felt like I was too annoying or I was just not happy enough or not something enough. Just knowing that you don't have to be anything. Just be you, whatever that is. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Cause I know it's, there's a lot, you just want to completely take it all away and it truly takes accepting where you are and starting to just love where you are. And it's hard, but as soon as you take that step, it honestly does get better. So how long do you think your depression, when you made that con conscious decision of like, okay, this is where I'm at today. How long did it take you? And what was the process like Yeah, to get out of it? There were a few times that I tried to, but until I ended my relationship that I lasted, I was in that relationship for a couple of years and I knew right away it wasn't the one for me. It was really toxic. However, I learned so much. And that relationship was everything I needed to finally choose myself and to finally do the inner work. So as soon as I chose to leave the relationship and then put myself first, that's when everything changed. And it, honestly, it took a good year of releasing, detoxing, journaling, getting a mentor, and really letting it all out and it's not easy but it took a good year once I finally was like I'm all in there were many times before where I was like okay yeah but then I would fall back in so I would say all in all it was a good like five years that I was in that space mm -hmm. so you chose to go like the spiritual route and in, in getting like help did you ever think about going to like a traditional yeah. therapist so I was forced 
I was forced to go a couple times and I, I just did not receive it well mm. at all. There wasn't like, for me, it just wasn't enough. And it, I just didn't respond to it. Well, what worked for me the most was journaling and just writing everything out, even if it didn't make sense, or even if it was really painful, or if it looked really dumb to me, I just kept on doing it. And that is one thing that helped me the most. Because even, even when I had my own mentor and healer, I still like held back. But the one thing where I just let everything out was my journal, which I still do today. Every day? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you still like seek help from others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are definitely times where even now I will fall into that place, but I have all of the tools and I have like, I do a lot of energy work because I had no idea what it was until doing energy work. I think a lot of people are way more receptive to other people's energy than we think totally that we are a lot of anxiety depression um eating disorders any sort of like allergy a lot of it our body holds on to it but also it's energies of other people we might not even realize that we're corded into people mm. which especially when you don't know anything about like intuition or energy work i had no idea so yeah. when i learned it i was like oh my god it was honestly life-changing once I finally had the right tools to uncord myself and to clear my energy, whether that just being meditation or journaling, anything to release it out of your body. Mm-hmm. Do you meditate every day? I do. I, um, I actually, on my podcast, I've started to do um, meditations, but anything, even if it's just five minutes, of seeing a gold light from above and intending that it goes from your head all the way to your toes and then a pink light from your toes to your head that connects you to the center of the earth and then it grounds you even doing that makes me feel so much better just like I, I notice a huge difference even now when I don't when you don't meditate mm-hmm. yeah I had um a really good family friend who for years told me I needed to meditate. And I was like, no, that's stupid. I can't do it. I don't want to sit still for 20 minutes. I couldn't do it at all at first. And so literally, I think it took me maybe seven years to be like, all right, let me try. And Mm -hmm. I could only sit still for two minutes. Oh yeah. And, And then I finally built myself up to like 15, um, But I feel like now when I do it, I'll do like five minutes. I don't really see like a huge difference between five minutes and 15 minutes, but it does make a difference. I had no idea. I know. I remember when I first started, I was like, yeah, 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 I'll meditate. And then I would lie there and then I would just overthink and I'd be like, this isn't doing anything. And then I would just be like, okay, let me just do it for one minute. And I got the app um, Insight Timer. Uh huh. They they honestly have like minute meditations because honestly at first it is so hard to like silence your brain. Like we constantly are thinking. Yeah. And when you lay there, it's like worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, am I doing it right? Am I breathing right? <laughs> like 
so many things to think about. So just having that timer and then they have like guided meditations on there. Um, if you just want music to listen to, you don't have to do anything, even just lying there and like clearing your brain that helps in the beginning. Yeah. I have such a hard time clearing my brain. Like I have a hard time falling asleep at night and it's because there's just so much happening in my head all the time. Um, but I feel like meditation has helped it a little bit. Totally. Definitely. It's a practice and it is hard, but once you make a commitment to it every single day, it definitely gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of people, there's also so many different forms of meditation. Like I learned that you can go for a walk and that's also a meditation. So if Mm -hmm. sitting still isn't your thing, then maybe there's another form of it. Oh yeah. You can walk or anything that takes your mind out. And sometimes for people, they can't just lie down. So if you put on music and you walk and you go somewhere pretty, that, that is considered a meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then what else do you do like daily to help you now stay in this more like positive, I don't even want to say you're in like a positive mind state, like you are, but you're also just like healthy now. Mm -hmm, Totally. I, it took me a while, but I have a pretty extensive morning routine, but I notice a drastic difference when I don't do it. Really? Yeah. I, um, so I wake up recently. I've been waking up really early because ever since before quarantine, I used to wake up at like six or seven, like just automatically. But then I started waking up at like 10 or 11 and I didn't like it. So I've been forcing myself to wake up around five, oh my which God. is kind of crazy. I don't normally do that. <laughs> so that's just recently. Okay. But whenever I wake up, I, I do work out right away. I just, I personally love moving my body. It mm-hmm. gets my head out. And that honestly is a form of meditation. If you're not criticizing your body, if you're working out in a good place, I do that. And then I, I do celery juice and lemon water. I, you don't have to have the nutrition inset, but I personally just love it. It's helped me with a lot of other like health issues. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And then I do journaling. I do um, my gratitudes and then I write out anything that I need to clear out of my brain mm-hmm. right away. And then I will do, so that's, I consider that my morning pages mm-hmm. and then I meditate and that can range sometimes. I mean, I've built up my tolerance for it, but sometimes I can do it for like 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'll fall asleep. That's happened to me before too. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, usually 30 minutes and then that's usually pretty good. Sometimes I'll do a walk, but it's usually always that. And how long does all of that take you? Um, usually a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel like you can start the day. Yep. Do you work out even on the weekends? I do. I try to take a day off, but sometimes I honestly feel better when I work out. You don't feel Every like your day. body's overworked? I feel like, cause no. I love working out too, mm-hmm. but if I do every day, I feel like I get puffy and sore and just like, it's too much. If I, if I feel like really sore, then I'll, I'll intuitively test 
if my body can handle it. And if it can't, then I won't, I'll just go mm-hmm. for a walk. Mm-hmm. But even honestly, you don't have to work out every day at all. I just mm-hmm. like to do it for fun. And not every day I do like a really tense workout. I don't really even like to lift weights that much. I like to do like just light toning. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing really strenuous. If somebody's not in their ideal situation right now and they're like, how do I even feel happy about this? How do they do that? Um, well, first of all, if you're not happy where you are, there is a reason for the place that you're in. There is a lesson or there's an opportunity to heal something. So looking at the positive and the negative. So if you don't like where you live, then it's really good to get clear on what does make you happy because then you're given this chance to say, okay, well, now I know I don't like where I am and now I can grow and I can go somewhere else. So just being present in that and knowing that where you are has a ton of opportunity to learn about where you want to go. And then past that, getting clear on where you want to go and start to bring in the feelings and the qualities of where you want to go. Because if you don't feel like you have it, you're not going to get there because you're not going to be in alignment for it. And that's all of it. Yeah. It's like almost like being, um, like you have to know what you don't want to know what you do. Yeah. And sometimes that's why getting lost or going through a depression, the journey is everything. Like, and that's the one thing I would always tell myself, especially healing. Like my journey is everything that I talk about and it's everything that I help people through. So if I didn't go through it, then I don't know where I would be now or what work I would be doing. So now, now I'm really grateful for it. Even though at the time it was, I didn't even know if I would be able to get through it but that was everything Mm -hmm. that my soul had to go through in this life. Yeah. That's incredible. When I was going through depression and moving and going through every career and feeling lost, it led me to creating sort of a movement. I called it the empowered life. It's a blog channel and podcast all about everything that I've learned, everything that's changed my life. And That was what led me to here. So I talk about everything from depression, morning routines, insights that changed my life, learning how to communicate with the universe and really understanding depression on a deeper level. Besides just it happened for a reason, understanding that it's your soul speaking to you and letting you know that it's time to go on your soul path or it's time to actually connect to the reason why you are here. So I created that along with the sessions that I do. So it's almost like a handbook for somebody who's going through similar situations or like feeling lost, or maybe they have anxiety or depression. Especially if you're feeling lost and depression, anxiety, anything, your entire journey, there is something for everything, which is why I really wanted to create it. Because when I was in that space, I felt like I was constantly searching for things to help me and I didn't really know where to go. So that was really important for me 
now since I'm on not necessarily the other side, but it was really important for me to create something that I always wanted or needed. I love, I absolutely love doing it. And that was the main difference between me going after like dance or modeling and whatever I was doing at the time. It always felt like it was like, I'm just going to run over here to be happy. It was never very soul based. It was always out of my ego. And now doing this work, it's completely out of my soul. And I feel like that was the main reason why I was able to shift out of my depression. So it's almost like tools to get you through wherever you're at, whether you're like at a high point in your life or a low point, because you still have to continuously do the inner work, no matter where you are. No matter where you are, something always comes up. We're always up leveling. And when you up level, even more things come to you. So it doesn't matter where you are in your life. There's always things to learn. There's always self undoing and discovery. And that's what life is all about. So having a guide and tools to navigate through it was really, really important for me to create. And the more I create and the more that I do, the more it helps me as well. I love that. I keep hearing powerful. So whoever is listening to this, just know how powerful where you are is. It doesn't matter the job, money, career, location, or anything. Knowing that you are enough, where you are is enough what you do is enough, how you show up in the world is enough, and that you are way more powerful than you think. That's awesome. Thank you. Where can everybody find you? Thank you. So on, um, on Instagram, my name is I am Emma Louise. And then in my bio, it has a link with my channel, the website, and I have a blog. Everything is all on there. Thank you.